everybody. Welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we talk about Blizzard Entertainment and its games. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm the host. With me this week is my co-host, Ann Stickney. And how have you been? Should I even ask that? I don't even know at this point. What are you, ta- what are you doing? What's going on? <laughs> the pre-show, yeah. I was just I was just thinking of the pre-show. I was like, you know what happened? A bird smacked into her window and, a, and her dishwasher broke. Kind of, you know. It's been like a cavalcade of horrible stuff going on around here and we're just kind of like it's sort of like um when the boat is sinking and you're just sticking your fingers into the hole you know like trying to keep the water from coming in that's been like the last week and a half or so um we're okay my wife uses my wife uses the uh pirates of the caribbean scene where uh, johnny depp's character comes in on the boat as it sinks yes that's that's her metaphor for it yes i am not to shore yet we're at that point where it's you know we're going like up on the crow's nest because yeah um and hopefully i will land on shore as flawlessly as captain jack sparrow did i don't know if that's gonna happen i will probably trip somewhere in the middle um so many metaphors today <laughs> so many similes is that a simile yeah it has a simile we use a like if it has like or as yeah we used a like so anyway um other than that i finally hit exalted with the seventh legion that was yesterday. Doing better than I am. I still haven't. I am this, and you can't see it, but I'm holding my fingers together, it, like this close to doing the same with, I believe it's Storm's Wake, and then uh, the Proudmoor Admiralty is not far behind that, and neither is the Order of the Embers, and then actually the two that are the furthest behind and this is weird to me because i always seem to be doing world quests for them are the tortolan who i'm not i'm not too concerned about and the champions of azeroth which is the one i should be really concerned about for whatever reason i'm not getting a lot of rep with those guys i don't know why i have the same problem with both of those factions actually they're my they're my worst i managed to get champions of azeroth up to revered yeah. By like one week, I just sat down and focused on it exclusively. It just hit revered relatively recently. I am so. like about mm, halfway, three quarters of the way through revered with both of them, but they are noticeably further behind than any of the other ones. And I don't know. I mean, I assume that part of it is because obviously you gain stuff with the Proudmore Admiralty and the Order of the Embers, and the Storm's Wake, when you're questing through those zones, like, you get reputation as you're questing through those zones, but you don't really have a zone that's dedicated to the Champions of the of Azeroth, and you don't have a zone that's dedicated to the Tortolan. So both of those guys are further behind. And again, I don't really care so much about the Tortolan. I mean, I can take it or leave it. It's okay. Would I like to be exalted with them? Yes, I'd like to be exalted with everybody. But... But the Champions of Azeroth is the important one, and I feel like that's probably one of the most important reputations in the game, you know? Because that's the one that that deals with the Azerite and all this other nonsense. Oh, oh, and before I forget, oh my gosh, um, something froze over last night. I finally got a world quest that had a dagger reward. Nice. Was it a Just good dagger? One. It was a blue dagger that's like, what is it? Um, what is, is it? 325? Yeah, it was 325. And it didn't upgrade or anything, but it was better than the 310 that I had. So I have it. Um, that is the only dagger that I have seen drop so far this expansion. Besides, you know, the quest rewards, the greens that I got while I was leveling. So, um, that's nice. <laughs> well, I mean, now that, you know, Old Deer is out fully for LFR, you can at least get a shot at getting the daggers from that. Yeah. Um, my luck has not been much better with that, but, you know, at least I have somewhere where I can go and try. And I mean, there are dungeons that I can go to where I can try and... I would like to go do that on a more regular basis, but time constraints being what they are right now, I haven't yeah. had a chance. World quests are easy because I could just pop in the game, complete a couple of them, and then log off and go back to doing whatever it was I was doing. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been raiding semi-regularly, and it is it is hard to make time for it. Right. It's not something I, I can't do LFR and raid normal slash heroic. It just isn't possible. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, I maybe for other people, but not for me. I mean, maybe at some point in the future I will pick up raiding again. Maybe at some point in the future. But definitely not right now. Um, so world quests are really... I mean, I know I kind of like... I harped on this last time that we talked, and I'm harping on it again now. But world quests for me are legit one of the few ways that I can get gear right now that doesn't require a major time investment that I just don't have. Um, so it still seems weird to me that yesterday, yesterday was what, October 8th? October 8th. Uh, when did the expansion come out? <laughs> it came out like August 16th. Okay, in that period of time, that's the only dagger I've seen from a world quest. <laughs> And I play an assassination rogue. I can't use anything else. Yet I find I've gotten lots of weapons. I've gotten weapons for all of the specs that I don't play. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't. Um, I am not the only class that has had this issue. Uh, we've had people email us and contact us and tell us, yeah, I haven't gotten this for whatever class that I play. I haven't seen one of these. So it's not just... It's not just assassination rogues. I think that we're hit the hardest by this. Us and uh, Subtlety are hit the hardest by this because daggers are the only choice we have. Like, that's the only kind of weapon we can use. We don't have another weapon we can use. Um, regardless, I feel like there should be some kind of uh, priority setting for world quests where it prioritizes weapons that you can use for the spec that you are. You know what I mean? Right now, the way they do it, like I've seen this multiple times, where the the quest is a one-handed strength weapon, and it says for protection warriors. I'm sitting there going, I don't even have, I I've not played protection on this character. Period. It's all fury or arms. That's weird. I think yeah. that one thing that would help fix it is if they gave daggers. Like first off, if they made more daggers that did int slash agi, like it that would switch. If depending on what you know, if you were like a a a a caster you could use it as an int weapon and if you're a rogue you could use it as just a dagger um yeah they, those aren't my those aren't my preferred types but i will take those in a hot minute if that's all that's available yeah i'll take that yeah you they know? haven't been doing that lately and i i don't know what the deal is but it it is weird like rogues really did get hit pretty hard this time around so i just don't get it i i feel like there was supposed to be some kind of i feel like there should have been some kind of setting coded in there somewhere that said okay first off let's make sure that they've got priority wise let's make sure that they've got weapons for their spec of choice or you know armor for their spec of choice with rogues it doesn't matter if it has agility on it mostly if it's agility leather we'll take it <laughs> for the most part it's fine it's fine it's the daggers that are the important part because everything that we do is about damage so you gotta have good weapons and if you don't have weapons drop how useful are you? Not very. So yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Have you been doing the world bosses? Yeah, I do them relatively frequently. Um, I don't do them every week. I do them if it's got anything on that I want. So relatively frequently. The one this um, week is kind of painful. I died like three times during the fight. And which I one is it? Admittedly, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but it's up in Nazmir. Um, it looks oh, like one okay. of those big wicker tree dudes. Yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. the one you're talking about. Yeah. Um it's got like a couple of different abilities including a knockback that I couldn't figure out exactly how I was triggering the knockback. Honestly, I probably should have looked at the dungeon journal, like like the the guide thing before I queued up for that. <laughs> and I did not. So that was my fault. But yeah, it just it seemed kind of tough this week. It wasn't tough before. For, for me the hardest one is the bird, the the bird in uh um Tira's guard. Because it does a thing where it'll knock you clean off the mountain. Oh, yeah, that one. And I can't figure out a way to avoid it. I don't, like, other than just don't get near it as a melee. That's like, okay, so this, do I seriously just need to not touch the boss for, like, 20 seconds? Is that what you're telling me? Because that feels like a giant middle finger, you know? At it least is. on my warrior, I can charge back to it. I just go um, stand by a mage and throw daggers at it. <laughs> and go, okay, I'm, when it's safe to go in there again, I'll go back in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On my warrior, I literally just let it hit me and then hit charge and go right back to it. Um, but on my death knight, it blew me completely off the mountain. There was nothing I could do. I couldn't death grip it because that's not going to pull me back. I wish death grip would do that. I wish death grip would pull you back if the thing you were trying to pull was really big. Like if it was like, because that's actually something King Zamo. Or if used there to was do. like a talent that could do that, like 
yeah. that, that gave that functionality to Death Grip. That would be a cool talent to have for a Death Knight. Yeah, because because Kingdoms Vomiler did that where they had like a harpoon thing, like the like the the uh, hunter ability. But yes. it would be like you'd throw it, and if the thing was light enough, you'd pull it to you. But if it was like a giant ogre or something, you'd go to it because it like there's no way you're pulling a ten thousand pound thing to you, so you go to it. That would be cool. Like if you're trying to pull a dragon, one of those dragon bosses that's not going to come. Like I don't know if you you like haven't played your death knight that much, but you know what I'm I talking about. Like, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, you're trying to use death grip on a on a boss that's too big to pull to you. You should go to it. That's how that should work. You should be like whoop. But yeah, so I, I was. That's that's been my. If there was some kind of talent that would grant that functionality to Death Grip, that would be a fun talent to have. And it's not a power boost one. No, it's not. It's just like it's it's just like a a fun piece of functionality. There's there's a few tiers in there that are dedicated to that kind of thing, isn't there? Yeah, I just feel a lot of times the talents are not that inspiring. It would be like a little bit of extra mobility in situations in certain situations and maybe it's not like you know the most amazing thing in the world but i think it would be entertaining but yeah we should talk about some stories because that's what we do here we talk about news stuff happening uh-huh. um just gonna throw this one out first because we already mentioned it briefly the uh, last wing of lfr is out yes so if you've been waiting for mithriac Mith- is it mithriac or mithrax it's mithrax i think it's um, mithrax and then gahoon yeah, Mithrax and Cahoon are up, so if you've been waiting for that on LFR, you can now go run it. Um, if you're Horde, there's a quest involving Vol'jin to, that sends you in to kill Cahoon. Uh, yeah. Alliance, Alliance obviously don't get a quest from Vol'jin, and they don't seem to get a quest from anybody else. It's Yeah, it's a Horde-only quest, but um, considering that the majority of this particular raid is kind of Horde-centric, that makes sense. I guess. Yeah, I wasn't I'm surprised. pretty sure I'm pretty sure that probably with the next raid that we see come out, there will be some kind of alliance quest chain involved with it. Um just based on what little we've heard of what that raid is going to be about. Um it is about both factions and faction versus faction and all of that, but um I feel like if the horde got something this time around, then they're probably going to give the alliance something next time around. Like it's just going to switch back and forth. I assume uh, they might do that with the storm song raid. Actually, they might. Yeah, because um, that one's actually underneath the uh, dungeon and everything. So yeah, and that one's right out there in alliance territory. So that makes sense. It would make sense. Anyway, so yeah, if you are you know raiding purely via LFR like I am. <laughs> you can queue up and actually finish the thing now. Um, I still need to queue up and do it, but I like this raid, even on LFR. I mean, LFR is, it's LFR. It gets a little hairy sometimes. (laughs) People don't necessarily know what they're doing every single second of uh, every encounter, but you get enough of a feel of the experience that I don't feel like I'm missing out, which is, I appreciate that. And it's one... actually worth going to see it on both factions if you can, because yeah. the, the, the feeling is completely different running with Talanji versus Bran. I tell you, yeah, that right. I'm still working on my Horde character. My Horde character is, I think, like 115 now or something like. So I'm like halfway. I'm halfway there, but uh, I haven't finished it yet. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the end game stuff is with the Horde with the Horde side because I'm enjoying the Alliance side. I really enjoyed the Jaina quest on the Alliance side. So I'm looking forward to like the Horde equivalent of that. Yeah. Um, and the, the upside there is the Horde one doesn't require you to run a mythic. Yeah. But I also heard that it's like a, a very different kind of experience, which is cool to me. Cause I'm like, yeah, just give me as much story as you can. I appreciate having two different distinct stories rather than, Oh, it's two sides of the exact same coin blah it's like okay well i've seen this on one side and you know i see it on the other and it's the same thing there's just like one added little cutscene or something that doesn't feel quite as impactful but from what i gather and i haven't gone into all of the spoilers or anything but from what i gather there's two very different experiences going on depending on uh whether you're leveling alliance or horde and the yeah. Alliance side was great, so I'm looking forward to seeing what the Horde side is. All right. I'm going to throw it to that thing we were supposed to do because it's that time to do that. Um, oh. So you want to start since you're going to talk about it and I'll come in? Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and 
talk about this for a second here. Loot gaming, you guys. Um, you've probably heard about Loot Crate. Loot Crate has a billion different types of crates available from, like, you can get different types of crates. The one that we're focused on right now is Loot Gaming. And Loot Gaming lets you share some of your favorite video games, characters, consoles, or franchises to geek out over. And, you know, you get to, like, have fun because you get a box every month and the box has stuff that's relevant to whatever video games you happen to like playing. And you never quite know what you're going to get. It's like getting a little birthday surprise every month. Um, this month's theme is Welcome to the Nightmare. You can fight back against malevolent forces with gear from Soul Calibur 2, Silent Hill, Psychonauts, and Cuphead. Um, out of all of those, I think the only one that I haven't, like, played or experienced at all is Psychonauts. Cuphead is absolutely brilliant. I love that game. I love watching that game. I love watching streams of that game. I think it's probably one of the most artistically innovative games that I've seen in years. But I have a lot of history with Soul Calibur, and I have a lot of history with Silent Hill. So, um, Rossi, you want to talk a little bit about what came in this month's box? None of that. Absolutely none of that came in the box they sent me. <laughs> really? Yeah, what I did got... did you get? Um... Did you get last month's box? I guess I must have. Um, I don't know get? what the theme is, but it's a really cool. Um, the stuff I got, um, some of it's like there's a Sonic the Hedgehog minifigure, um, oh, a Sonic the Hedgehog ooh. pin. So both of those are going to my wife. Um, but there's a cool, uh, the, the new Spider-Man game that just came out, the PS4 one. This must be last month's crate. Cool. Yeah. The t-shirt that I got, which is actually fits me because EA late loss. Uh, that shirt is really nice. I've been wearing it around because it's a nice blue t-shirt with a cool Spider-Man thing on the back. Um, there's a, there's a really weird Foxhound branded, um, pint glass. So I guess, you know, if you're into metal gear, like there's that, and there's a metal gear kind of like coaster thing, like it's a metal thing you can put the thing on that. So that was there too. It was interesting. It wasn't like, you know, it was, it was none of the stuff you just mentioned. So I feel like, oh, ooh, dang, I wish I'd gotten that one so I could talk about Well, that one is this month. Yeah, yeah, that one is I, this month. The cool thing for, about Loot Crate is that there's a guaranteed t-shirt in every crate. So if you like having new clothing, you can get new clothing every month. I know you mentioned the Spider-Man t-shirt. It's a um, good t-shirt, guys. I mean, I even if you're not into Spider-Man, which of course I am because, um, <laughs> you know, comic book nerd growing up. Uh, it's a really good t-shirt. It, I've been wearing it on and off this week. It's my, it's basically my, okay, I got to do something in the house and I don't want people outside to see me without clothes on. So I'll put on this t-shirt and I'll go do stuff. And it happens to look cool. Um, we'll walk the dog in it and so forth too. I, it, just, I like it. I like getting new clothes every month without even really having to think about it, especially when it's surprise clothes involving video games, which I'm really into anyway. <laughs> You never know quite what you're going to get. That's why I like it, because it's like having a little surprise birthday present every month. Um, Loot Crate, they pack about $60 of value into each crate for less than $29 a month, so you can't really lose there. You get all kinds of stuff, and I know Rossi mentioned like the pint glasses. In previous Loot Crates that I've gotten, I've gotten everything from like toys and figurines and stuff like that to t-shirts and hats and that kind of thing. Um, it just kind of varies. Loot Gaming focuses specifically on video games and gaming content it's a lot of fun you can subscribe now if you want to by going to lootcrate.com slash blizzardwatch and you enter our code blizzardwatch all one word and what you'll get with that is that you'll save an exclusive 30 percent off of your subscription which is fantastic <laughs> the sonic figure that i got um, yeah by itself i think it would probably cost you like 20 bucks at a store oh yeah uh, is I, it a heavyweight not... one it's it's like metal. It is it's not anything I've seen before. It's not like a, a pop a Funko or nothing. It's it's its own thing. I've never seen this particular kind before. But it's really cool. Um I've actually been I've been I live in a house with like multiple cats that like to knock stuff down yeah. and a dog that thinks everything is to be chewed on. So I'm terrified constantly that they're gonna get into this box. So so that's been fun. But they are it's really nice stuff. The the pin that came with it is is actually really well made. And it has, they, it's like they... They come with pins every month, too, if I remember yeah. right. The um, pin is really nice. It's going on my BlizzCon bag that I'm not going to get to use at BlizzCon because I'm not going this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the pins are always, like, crazy well-made and crazy good, and they're just fun to collect all by themselves. The thing with loot gaming is that they curate and design everything themselves. The stuff that you find in these crates are things that you can't purchase separately. They're made specifically for the crates. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. 
I liked Loot Crate when I was getting Loot Crate, and I like the gaming thing because the gaming thing is actually focusing on the one thing that I like. When I was getting Loot Crates, every now and again I'd get stuff for like a movie I didn't really care about or, you know, some kind of comic that I wasn't really like super into or anything like that. With the gaming stuff, it's always video games. Um, and I know that, you know, you said you got last month's crate, it which I think me, yeah. that's pretty good. I can't wait to see what October's crate is, honestly. Um, have you played Soul Calibur? Uh, not in years. Okay. I, mean, I, I first played, played way back I, in the day. I have a long history with Soul Calibur that goes all the way back to the Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> Which, what, like, I don't know, 20 people had? <laughs> it wasn't like no, there. No, it was actually pretty popular. It was Dreamcast. a pretty popular system. It just didn't last very long. It didn't last very long. But one of the best games that came out on the Dreamcast was Soul Calibur and I used to play that for hours and hours and hours with my friends we had so much fun with it um Silent Hill Silent Hill is brilliant um I have long memories of that one too my roommates way back in the day they used to play it after dark with all the lights off and we would sit there and watch them play and just scare the bejesus out of ourselves because that's what you do um, and I already kind of gushed over Cuphead. Psychonauts, I'm not sure. Like I said, I'm not familiar with that title, but I'm interested in seeing what they're going to offer from that. And I am curious what the t-shirt is going to be. Is it going to be a Silent Hill t-shirt? Is it going to be a Cuphead t-shirt? I don't know. I don't know. But I do yeah. know that one thing about these crates, they do sell out. So um, if you want to go ahead and get your hands on October's crate, you must order by this week just to guarantee yours because, again, they do sell out. Um, you could get the best surprises each month from the largest geek and gaming subscription company. You can go ahead and geek out in style with Loot Crate. Again, they have a bunch of different crates that you can choose from. Gaming, Loot Gaming, probably your best option, but, you know, that's just me. Uh and you can subscribe now by going to lootcrate.com slash blizzardwatch, enter the code blizzardwatch, and you'll save an exclusive 30% off of your subscription. All right, back to the news. All right, well, let's talk about Overwatch for a sec, because we yes. actually, just, just before we started recording, a couple of things dropped. Yes. Um, the We now know the schedule of games, like when they, the matches are going to be. We know like when they're going to be starting and when they're going to be playing. Um, and we also know the full, like, the, the way they're going to work the new teams into the schedule overall. Uh, I hope you guys like... like Valentine's Day because Overwatch Season 2 comes out on Thursday, February 14th and kicks off the 2019 season. Find but, yeah. someone you love and watch Overwatch. With <laughs> watch Overwatch characters beat the snot out of each other. That's probably what I'm going to be doing. Um, but yeah, this year it's an expanded field of 20 city-based teams. Um, and you know how they've got the Atlantic Division and the Pacific Division? Mm -hmm. They have split it up so that the new teams that are coming on uh, in the Atlantic division, they're going to welcome Atlantis or Atlantis. Yes, wow. Atlantis is going to Atlantis be in there. Finally, is going to be, this is going to be finally our pro gaming thing. <laughs> Aquaman's very pleased. Atlanta and Paris, <laughs> Atlanta, Paris, Toronto, and Washington, D.C. are going to be joining the Atlantic Division. And then the Pacific Division is going to get, um, oh, I'm going to pronounce these so wrong, and I apologize to anybody from China. But there's uh, Chengdu, Guangzhou, Hangzhou, and Vancouver are all going to be part of the Pacific Division. I find this really interesting because the Canadian teams have been split. One of them is Atlantic, one of them is Pacific. They're going to be fighting each other. Oh, trust me, it will be less fighting and more polite. You know, no, no, no. You go ahead. You, you. <laughs> no, I insist. You go ahead. Look, I'm afraid I'm just gonna have. We're gonna have to actually play this game then. So one of us decides who gets to go. All right, fine. The other thing that I appreciate this time around, um, the 2019 format, all 20 teams are going to play 28 matches over four or five week stages for a total of seven matches per stage. And that means that they're going to have a more flexible schedule. So you'll see teams that are playing zero, one or two matches a week. They'll get more of a break, which means less stress. I'm really happy about this because I poor guys were just burning themselves out last season so I'm really excited about that um, stage finals are also coming back after stages 1, 2, and 3 the top 8 teams from each stage will make the stage finals um, but that's expanding and it's going to become a seeded playoff bracket so divisional winners will be seeded into the number 1 and number 2 slots followed by the next 6 teams in the standings and then they're also doing and I like this 
uh, they're going to do an all-star break type thing where they have an extra amount of time off in between stages two and three. So they get yeah. a little more breathing room. And I feel That's like... That's actually a nice change. Yeah, That's a really good yeah, way to go with that. I feel like all of this is just going to be a little bit better for the mental health of the players and also the staff involved too because everybody was working their buns off last season. Um, not... Not to say that it wasn't a good season or anything. It was fantastic. It was just maybe they were working a little too hard. So it's nice seeing them, you know, being given a little bit more leeway, um, given some room to breathe. Yeah, I especially that. having the all-star, putting the all-star break in when they did, instead mm-hmm. of having it at the absolute end of the season. No, in the way, middle. It's more yeah. like the MLB because the MLB, it, you know, with baseball, they'll play like half a season, have the all-star break where everybody kind of gets a week off. And they'll have, like, the all-star games and all that. And then regular baseball will swing back in for the second half. Um, yeah, and it's a good idea because it means the actual playoffs will be big. Yeah, yeah, I, and I was yeah. just – I was kind of surprised that they didn't do that this season, that they waited for all of that until after everything was over with. It was a little weird, so, yeah. Yeah, and it kind of stole the thunder a bit because you, you had the big playoffs. You had, you know, and you're the winner, and then there's the all-star break. And it's like, huh? And then there's the All-Star you know, that... Games afterwards. Now, mind you, it was a nice way to put like a little bow on the end of their first successful season. That was great and everything. But yeah, it's better if it's given kind of as a break to the players. Yeah, I, I do think it's better both as the stress relief thing and because it means that the playoffs will be the playoffs and it'll be then they happen and it's over. That's the end of the season. There's also um, the, the other thing, cool thing I, that you mentioned briefly, I wanted to mention again, is that the... They're going to have basically at the end of the season, they'll have the the winner of each division gets automatically seeded in. Then they pick the four highest ranked teams and they're they're going to get in. And then they're going to have the, the basically from the seventh to the 12th highest placing teams are going to play each other in in a tournament. And the two highest placing teams from that get seeded in. Yeah. So, you could see some interesting underdog stuff this time around. You could see teams just managing to get in. Like the the 12th place team could theoretically win the whole could season. Just come in and win it all, which would be really fascinating, kind of unlikely, but fun to watch if it happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It make it's a bit more of a wild card type feeling. Which if yeah. you've ever watched the the football playoffs, you know well, wild card teams can't too. do it. Yeah. The Rockies so, were a wild card team this year. They're gone now. They aren't in the postseason anymore. I'm sad. Sorry. That's unfortunate. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's okay. I, baseball, I baseball. Boston. We're talking about video games. Anyway, um, the other thing notable about Overwatch is that the Halloween Terror event just kicked it off. Was it yesterday? I think you, it... Yeah. Have you seen the Hammond skin? Mm-hmm. What is going on? That, that is, is my favorite. The tiny, the tiny zombie hamster is my favorite, followed closely behind by Swamp Monster Doomfist. I really like his um, shape of water look that he's got going. <laughs> Creature from the Black Lagoon, shape of water, sort of mixed together. It's very, uh, I, I love I love the look of that one. Um, but then there's also, uh, the other one that I like is Farah. The headless Farah, yeah. Yeah, because Farah's, she's like, she has no head. And then... Yep, just, um, just the body, no head. Banshee Moira is also really really pretty banshee moira is the best forsaken model i've ever seen i she's like, so it's such a good skin it really yeah. is i saw that and i thought you know i don't i am honestly one of those people who's never been all that excited by moira i mean it's cool if you like her i'm and i'm glad for you if you like her yeah. but now i'm suddenly like Ooh, oh okay now moira is cool to me apparently i was just waiting for you know the, the morticia adams remake uh, because yeah, it works. I really like it. It's really, it's really good Halloween skin, in my opinion. I love the um, new victory poses too. There's one of those with Hammond where he's eating the top off of a pumpkin. Um, when I logged in, keep in mind that as with every event, when there's an event in Overwatch, everybody gets a free loot box. So be sure that you log in and get your free loot box for ha- Halloween Terror. It could have a skin on it, or skin on it, skin in it. You never know. Um, also, some poor bastard skin. <laughs> mine did not. I was very sad about this, but it was okay because when I logged in to get my my uh, loot box for the Halloween Terror event, I was greeted by the the pumpkin emote where he was chewing on the pumpkin, but he had the zombie hamster skin. So 
it was like about 8 million times more horrifying than it had any right to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. That that skin terrifies me. They just they they really went overboard with the skins this year um and I absolutely love them to pieces. I shouldn't I shouldn't call him a zombie. He's painted like a jack-o'-lantern. His his he's got like that wide mouth with the big teeth and everything. He's just creepy looking. Um and watching him eat a pumpkin with the creepy jack-o'-lantern mouth yeah it's it's the stuff of nightmares anyway so uh yeah you can play through that halloween terror event that one i think that's running all the way through the end of october yeah as far as i know that's that seems to be the usual pattern for it okay i couldn't remember when it was over with i should also mention um speaking of stuff coming to stuff uh malganis is now going to be on the heroes of the storm ptr fairly soon i missed Uh, this information when did yeah. this come out? This must have come out while I was away. Malganis is coming to Heroes of the Storm? Yes. Oh. Uh, you should be on the PTR by now, actually. Uh, and I'm so... Alex wrote, Alex wrote the article, so of course it, it's full of Alexisms. Um, it's about but, yeah. time, though. Haven't they been... Te- like, haven't people been expecting him for like ages and ages and ages? Yeah, when they put in the Dreadlord Jaina thing, everybody was like, what the? That's not Malganis? So, yeah, but we're going to get Malganis, and then it's been what? It's been like over a year. It's yep. been longer than that. People have been wanting Malganis for the long... I'm so glad they finally put him in there. Yep. Malganis is now uh, going to be on the PTR. Should be on there right now. So, you know, head on over and you can check that out. I Obviously, I've I've not been playing Heroes lately. I've got too many other games. Between Diablo, that... WoW, and Assassin's Creed, I just don't have time. Yeah, the other thing that was interesting to me, and I just saw this mentioned idly um, when they were talking about like the patch notes and everything, apparently they took Haunted Minds out entirely. They took it out. They just took yeah. it out. And I don't know why. Um, it's gotten a rework a couple times over, two or three times over by now. So I guess they're doing something with it again. Um, and I need to find more information on that. But yeah, if you're wondering why... like. The Haunted Minds is apparently, it's it's out. It's out for now. They're doing what they did with, uh, oh my gosh. The Hanzo the, one? No, the Overwatch map. What was that? That wasn't really the Hanzo. I thought it was like the something shrine. Oh God, I can't remember that either. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. The one with the with the cherry blossoms and everything. And it's yeah, it's based off of the a map. The two dragons. Over, yeah, the... It's based off of a map in Overwatch and I cannot remember the name of it. Hanamura. Thank you, Hanamura. Raven Dresden. Yes, Hanamura. They ripped Hanamura out of there for a while. They, like, took it out of there entirely, and then they reworked it, and they put it back in. So I'm wondering if they're just doing that again. I didn't realize there were any, like, major issues with Haunted Minds. Keep in mind that the once in a blue moon that I play Heroes of the Storm, I'm usually playing against AI. I'm not actually playing against other people. So that's probably a very different experience. Um, I'm not qualified to talk about it. But, yeah, I want to know what they're going to do with it. What are they going to do with it? guess we'll find out eventually when we do we'll relay that yeah, also like one last thing to bring up real fast um they've put in a hot fix to allow azurite armor pieces from emissaries to scale up to item level 370 yeah um the scaling is not tremendously generous like you basically have to be around 363 or so I to think get a they, 370 piece they tweaked that a little bit further so that it's because when they first introduced that 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 cutoff point to get 370 gear was ridiculously high, and I think they dialed that back a little bit. I want to say with they said they're going to hot fix it. Yeah, yeah, I they were going to hot fix that. Um, regardless, that one doesn't apply to me because I can't find any daggers. <laughs> yeah, I will say I, I went and got a 355 piece on my main because I was yeah. actually I'm actually rocking 340s in two slots. Yeah, uh, and so. I've got like three pieces. I've got three pieces of 370 gear. I got lucky off of the world bosses, and the rest of it is all like 342, mostly 350. But my eye level is still 343 because daggers. Yeah, it's It's dragging everything down. It's driving me. Okay. Anyway, doing doing the cutoff point thing the way they did meant that basically a lot of people were getting. It's like okay, it can scale up, but I'm still not getting stuff that's commensurate with the rest of my gear because the very 340s I'm trying to replace are lo- are weighing my item level down. And so every week I go in to raid and I'm raiding at like heroic level, but I'm not getting anything. It, it didn't really fix it. And I don't, I'm, I'm, they hot fixed it, but we haven't seen an emissary since they hot fixed it. So 
we'll see what happens. I know full well what's going to happen is uh, I'm going to get like a 370 piece in the slot. I already have a 370 piece in my head because that's what's going to happen. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens with it. At least, at least it's another chance to get higher level Azerite pieces. It's, yeah. it's more, which is nice. At least it gives you more options instead of waiting every. The problem with uh, old deer being a short my raid. Azerite, my Azerite pieces are good right now. Everything I'm wearing is pretty good right now, except for the daggers. That's it. Yeah, they're, they're not. Everything put I've in, got you know, is like epic quality and it's 340 or higher most of it is 350 like i said i've got three pieces of 370 gear but the daggers that i've got one of them is 310 the other one is 325 and it's a blue yeah i don't <laughs> and just dragging everything else down everything else down i don't know i don't know what to do i'm throwing my hands in the air like i'm literally throwing my hands in the air right now going ah! <laughs> it's like she just don't care but in fact she cares quite a bit um Okay, I guess we should move on to some emails there, since we've talked about pretty much everything from the top stories. Yeah, let's um, do it. If you've, if you've got an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch so we know it's for this show. Um, Anne's going to read them because that's what Anne does, so take it away, Anne. I'm going to skip to the second one because I really like this one. Uh, this one's from Balak on Dragonblight US who says, Dear Watchers, so while I agree that the Drust and the Wickerman look cool and creepy, there's something that's been bugging me this whole time. Wicker? Really? I'm supposed to be afraid of walking patio furniture. Thanks, Balak. Look, you will be scared of Pier 9, okay? I don't want to hear it. <laughs> it's Pier 1. Never. But no, seriously, like, <laughs> when I was a kid, I grew up with patio furniture made out of metal. I'm, I'm still, if you come after me, a metal thing comes after me. I'm still afraid of it. So, you know, I, I get what you're saying, but I feel, I feel like this comparing this stuff to patio furniture. For one thing, my patio furniture isn't so loaded up with bones. Like when I was a kid, did you ever see like a, a nice like a wicker, you know, patio chair that was draped in antlers and bones and had kind of like eerie eldritch fire no, coming out of it because if you had that sentient or trying to kill me either i mean yeah. on a hot day they could really hurt if you were wearing shorts but... yeah so i'm thinking yeah it's not quite the same thing but i get your point wicker is not terrifying by itself once it looks like a horrible amalgamation of like 13 dead great creatures of various types and a chair then i start being scared of it that's my thing then it gets a little crazy. Um, I don't know. I like the whole aesthetic. I find it kind of mildly terrifying. Not so much for the for the creatures as as like the the strange little girls. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. They're, they're and their tea parties. <laughs> that whole zone is crazy. I love it. Okay. Uh, like anybody who would make something like these things, you got to be kind of really worried about. This is somebody you don't want to be around. Yeah. Like yeah. that's the thing about the wicker stuff. It's like someone made that. That's that's wrong. You shouldn't be making that. Okay. Um, we're gonna jump to another email. This one is from Sogo Kitten, who says, "Hey y'all, Caverns of Time is no more. When did that happen, and why?" Um, it's not that it's no more. I mean, obviously it's still there. You can go do all of the zones and the dungeons and things. It's just that they're not adding new stuff to it. The last time they added anything to the Caverns of Time was in Cataclysm, and they kind of put the kibosh on adding anything else to it, because obviously at the end of the whole Deathwing encounter, we had Nosdormu's sad face, his hourglasses leaking lint all over the floor, thanks. Somebody get a dustbuster. Um, which kind of indicated that there's not much going on with the Caverns of Time right now because the Bronze Dragonflight doesn't have the same command over time as they used to, which again leads into the whole Missa Pandaria thing and what Kairos was trying to do out on the island of Time Forgot. Yeah, and I forget the, the timeless name of isle. The Timeless, timeless isle. isle. Thank you. Or as I, I like to call it the Isle of Sons Tim. <laughs> Because, yeah. It's, it's like an episode of Brigadoon out there. <laughs> like, yeah. It just disappears I, sometimes and it comes back again. People I mean, sing. ultimately, the, the Bronze Flight's lack of ability to control time is the entirety of what how Warlords of Draenor happened. Yeah. Because they can't, you know, they were using the, the stuff they gathered on the Timeless Isle to make that hourglass that Kairos used. And they couldn't stop him from using it. They didn't have the control over time they used to have to prevent him it from doing it. It was those epoch stones from uh, yeah. the Timeless Isle. And that was 
Kairos was working on his own. He wasn't necessarily working with the rest of the bronze dragonflight. They didn't realize exactly what he was doing until it was too late. Like Chromie, Chromie was there at uh, Garrosh's trial in the novel whose name I forget the name of War Crimes. War Crimes. Uh, Chromie was there. Chromie understood the hourglass as far as Kairos explained it as something that would allow them to glimpse specific periods of time so they could use that to when they called witnesses to the stand to kind of show events as they happened, which was great and everything. Um, she didn't know about the wacky weird part where it opened <laughs> gateways to other dimensions where things didn't quite go right and let them all pour into the courtroom and then let Garrosh escape off to Dadland. Um, yeah, that wasn't expected. He wasn't telling anybody about that. That was something that he was doing on his own because he was attempting to, in his own words, become infinite, whatever that means to him. Uh, it doesn't much matter right now because he's dead, but there is something crazy going on with all of that. And I wish we'd gotten more of a resolution to that. How do you feel about that? I feel I've like, always I feel felt like, like we the, got shortchanged, you know? Yeah, I always felt like they need to come back at some point and maybe that maybe that's related to what happened. Like I wouldn't be surprised if in in the future it turns out that Nosdormo has been studying it ever since and he's slowly crowing crackers as he tries to understand what used to come naturally to him and he doesn't understand it anymore. And eventually the infinite dragonflight is created by Noah's Dormu trying to peer into secrets. He no longer has the capacity to, to create. And Oh no. That's what, oh, that's what makes no. Oh no. Maybe the reason he becomes infinite is because he was trying to replicate whatever the heck it was that Kairos was trying to do. Also time stuff gives me a headache. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually sense. really enjoy it. You know, <laughs> it makes sense though. It makes sense. It just trying to track it all down. Cause we thought, we figured that Nazdormu went infinite because he was trying to escape his own death, but maybe there was more to it than that, and it all ties into Kairos, and we haven't heard all of that story yet. I wish they'd go back to that. I wish that they had given us more of that. Cause we it would didn't... be nice if it got picked up at some point. Yeah, I, Kairos got shanked before he could really give any kind of extended... Em explanation into his motives the only person who might have an inkling of his motives is Rathian because Rathian was working with him but there's another guy we haven't seen in a while and yeah these are just plot points that I would like them to get to I mean obviously in the face of the current expansion there's no reason for it like they aren't going to bring it up because it's not relevant right now but I want them to go back to that at some point because I have too many questions. Yeah, it would be nice if at some point they did something that was... One of the things that was great about Vanilla, for all that I'm I'm not a big nostalgia guy, but one of the things that was great about Vanilla was the way it would develop stuff and leave it there for the future. It didn't all have to be resolved and it didn't all have to be part of one plot line. You could have Molten Core and uh, Blackwing Lair kind of connected, but still at the same time somewhat separate. Then you could bring in Encourage and have that be completely unrelated. Then you could bring in Zulgarub and it's not related. And then finally you could have, you know, um, Nax show up and that's also not related. These are not related threats. It's not part of the same storyline. It's different storylines happening around the same time. That's one of the things you don't get as much in expansions because the expansion tends to have an overarching theme. Yeah. Or, you know, that would be, I would love an expansion that did more of that, that brought in more stuff that wasn't necessarily part of the A or B story. It's its own thing. It's here. You deal with it. You move on. And maybe it'll come back later. And when in the future, I mean, you can have it classic, come back. In, back in Classic, we had several different storylines that came out over the course of Classic. It wasn't one really big unified theme carrying the whole thing. That didn't mm -hmm. really come into play until they came out with Burning Crusade and they said, okay, we need a reason that we're going here and a reason that we'll be done with it and we're going to go somewhere else. But when the original iteration of the game came out, it was basically, here you are, Hero of Azeroth, Zug Zug, or what have you. Um, there's stuff going on, go take care of that, and you went to take care of that. And then all of a sudden we had this whole Molten Core storyline kind of emerge out of all of that. And when we were done with dealing with that, all of a sudden here's the Blackwing Lair story arc that came out after that. So there was like several different story arcs within that initial iteration of the game. 
And yeah, we haven't seen a return to that. We haven't seen a return to that at all. That would be something I would I would like for an expansion where it wasn't all this this major overarching conflict or this you know big bad thing is happening and every event has to be related to it. I'd like more side stuff. I'd like an entire expansion of side stuff. And I'd like it if the maybe they brought in the uh, the caverns of time for it. How would the they last... market that though if it didn't have a unifying theme? Make it be the caverns of time. I mean, seriously, we're since you're talking about the caverns of time, make it be that. Make it, you know, World of the Warcraft, Time Walkers, or something. Yeah. yeah, something like that. You could totally do it. I just World of Warcraft itself was just World of Warcraft. So there's there's got to be a way to do this. You don't have to like necessarily slap a name on the box. I mean, slap a big bat on the box, and you're good to go. Um, Not necessarily. But, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. I think we got time for like one or two more emails here. Uh, let's go back up to that first one that I skipped because I was interested in the wicker thing. Uh, this one is from, this one is from Deadmon Walken, who is a troll death knight because of course he is from, or she is from, uh, Illidan who says, what story twists would have to happen in future patches for Sylvanas to not simply become Garrosh 2.0? Or is it already too late? Of course, each has very different character backgrounds, but this whole rogue horde warlord causes factional schism story beat feels a little too soon after Siege of Orgrimmar. What would it take to change that? I'll be up front. I feel like this is really unfair to Garrosh. I think we're not in Garrosh 2.0 at all. These no. are two very different things going on here because Garrosh, Garrosh was focused on the Horde. He wanted to make a strong united Horde that would lord it all over Kalimdor. His vision of what the Horde should be didn't necessarily match the vision that everybody else had when they signed on to join the Horde, but that's what he was doing that for. And I feel like with Sylvanas we're looking at someone who isn't necessarily interested in the horde and improving the horde so much as she's got something else that she's working on and the horde plays into that like that that's one piece on her chessboard of whatever it is that she's doing the and horde is one of the weapons she's using it's not it's one of the, the arrows in her quiver yeah but we don't know what she's aiming at and we don't know what the those other arrows are or what her ultimate design is once she's won this battle like what is she doing keeping in mind that we don't yet there's still more to find out about what her ultimate goal is and so forth if you want a character that sylvanas is possibly consciously or possibly unconsciously repeating it's arthas and you see that even more in 8.1 but i'm not Absolutely. going to go into spoilers but yeah 8.1 definitely has no, we've signs been getting, of yeah we've been getting pictures of Arthas ever since well ever since she took over the Valkyr pretty much yeah and we it's see it a lot there. there's been little signs here and there throughout I feel like the short the the Warbringer short definitely played into that it definitely used the, that that thematic device to show it and I yeah. feel like you've you see it more and more as time goes on but I'll say this one of the things I've always regretted was I keep thinking about you used to talk about how you wish they'd done Legion first and then Warlords yeah. Um, I had the idea the other day. What imagine if Warlords had opened with the Dark Portal opening and the Iron Horde coming out, and instead of them invading and trying to kill us, Gara- an older, like an old grizzled Garage comes out and is like, "Come help us! The Burning Legion is invading my world." And you're like, "What?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I remember. I was a jerk, but um, no time. Come, the, the Legion's gonna come conquer us, and if they conquer us, the you're next." And you go through. And there's the warlords, and they're all working for Garage, and he's got the Draenei United. You have to United. help your mom and dad meet at prom, and somebody plays really kicking solo. Like I seriously think like this would have been better. There's a clock tower involved. Like because Garage <laughs> could have been a heroic character, and his his fatal flaw was completely misreading the horde. Like he didn't, he wasn't capable of understanding how they were different from the old horde because he'd always rejected the old horde. He'd always felt like his father had drunk the demon blood and had tainted everything. And he was, you know, he was tainted by his father's sin and Thrall shows up and it's like, no, your dad was great. So he, he went totally, he's, he's pendulum swung all the way over to everything. My dad did was great. My dad was great. I'm going to be just like my dad. And he didn't really get the people he was trying to lead were not 
there with like, him. Yeah, I feel like the biggest problem with what happened there, like the whole, the whole, like, impetus, the whole moment that all of this kind of went the wrong direction is when Thrall said, I want you to lead the horde as they should be led. You know the horde. I want you to lead lead the horde. And Garrosh said, oh yeah, I know the horde. But the horde that Garrosh knew was not the horde that Thrall made. He had a very different vision of it. And he was doing pretty much what Thrall asked him to. But he was, it, it was like, it was like he had, there were two different templates that they were working with, right? Yeah, there was it, it, there was the one that Thrall had thrown out, like the the old horde. They they tossed that one aside, and they had this new template that they were working with. But Garrosh was still going by that old map. And I, you could tell a lot of Garrosh's um, actions throughout Mists. If you did the horde side campaign, he was really frustrated that nobody seemed to be getting his what he was trying to get put across. Like no, he no. he, was, he wanted. He was... You know, he wanted Bane to, to like, he wanted the Tauren to be his friends. He wanted Bane to be on board with everything. And he was really, you could see it. He's like, why don't you get this? I thought you guys would get this. Like, there, there's a lot of that I feel like they could have done more with. But I definitely don't think that Sylvanas is even remotely a Garage 2.0. I no, because I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that her motives are the same as Garage at all, like whatsoever. There's something different. There's something different going on here that we don't have the full picture for yet. And it goes very way much, yeah. beyond it goes way beyond leading the horde. Like leading the horde is a thing that she's doing, but it's not like her main focus. It's not the thing that she's I don't think that that's her major goal. I think the that stuff, she's got something bigger going on and the horde is just playing into that. The stuff we're seeing coming out on the road and the stuff we've already seen her do makes me definitely feel like Sylvanas, like Arthas, thinks the whole world should be forsaken. Like, Darthas thought it should all be Scourge. She thinks it should all be forsaken. Everything. Everybody. And they'd all be better off, and the world would be safer. That definitely feels like something she's going for. Um, heck, before the storm definitely seemed to put that in there. Like, she had plans, and the Horde would go along with them, but those plans were ultimately going to lead down a completely different path than the Horde expected. And I mean, and you only... saw that in the whole battle for Lordaeron. She didn't even blink. She nope. didn't even flinch at raising her own allies she told she she straight up told Sourfang, you know you could go ahead and die here i'll come back later and make you loyal to me in the way that only i know how <laughs> like yeah it's so just creepy <laughs> she's definitely going that way and it, it's no longer you can argue back and forth about how before all forsaken made the choice and decided to that's no longer the case she is no longer worrying about free will that is not an issue for her. Uh, do we want to answer one more question? Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's jump down to the bottom one because that kind of plays into what we were just talking about. This one is from Deja Gore, a Tauren hunter on Malganus, who says, Greetings. I've been speculating that one possible outcome of this expansion would be a shuffling of factions. There's been a shift in emphasis, I believe, from light and void to life and death, and I could actually see the alliance expanding to include living members of all races versus a new dark horde led by Sylvanas that incorporates undead members of all races. Um, and I don't think that we're going to go too much farther into this email because there is 8.1 spoilers in it. But uh, let's just talk about this first paragraph here. Do you think that they're leading towards some kind of factional shift? I don't know if they are or not. I've thought about it a lot. I have no idea. But I do think that thematically, this is a shift we're seeing. It is, yeah. That Cause... that light and void to life and death, that's very much something that I've... I mean. If you, again, going back to Before the Storm, if you read Before the Storm, it plays very much on those themes, very much on those themes of life and death and what happens after you die and, you know, the point of living and how Sylvanas kind of fits in with all of that and how Anduin is kind of handling all of that because he's see coming from a place yeah. where, you know, he's dealing with all of that himself just based on what happened in Legion, what happened to his father in Legion. So I don't know. There's like the 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 comic with the three Windrunner sisters touches on it. Yeah. Um, the horde leveling stuff with Juan Samdi and Vol'jin's stuff that touches on it. I don't want to spoil too much, but you know that's that's in there. Um, there's a lot the Drustvar stuff with Thros and the Drust and their 
their existence that touches upon it. There's a lot of stuff about life and death in this expansion. Um, and I think there could eventually come I mean, a point even where when you, even when you like look at the stuff with Jaina and Jaina's storyline, a lot of what Jaina is dealing with is the people that she let down, the people that have died. That's what's weighing on her is all of that death, you know, for um, nothing. And she and, saw it. It's stuff that she was thoroughly blaming herself for and had been blaming herself for for years and years and years. And maybe we didn't see it, but it was still there under the surface. Um, so, yeah, it. I don't know. Um, but one of the things I actually, one of the things I kept thinking was the fact that we're going from a light and void to life and death thing. If we talk about that, one of the things I'm noticing is that eventually we could come to a point where light and void coexist. Like, there, there does feel like we could move to a place where you've got light stuff and void stuff and they do coexist. Like they coexist in the Naru. Cause they're two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And that feels like both of them light and void, like light is the, the light of illumination void is, you know, the shadows cast by said thing, but the whole thing with the undeath and the death gods and the weird stasis of, of forsaken and so forth is antithetical to both sides. The void is hates Sylvanas. The second that Illyria got nearer, the void voices were all like, kill her, strike her down. She serves the true enemy. I think both of yeah. them are afraid of a universe that that is undead. They don't want that. They don't want a, a universe that never changes. It never grows. It never moves. It, it's literally like entropy in like for, in like moving form. Stasis. Yeah. The stasis of undeath is something that they both find repellent. So you could actually even see... Like an, a sort of, I don't want to say an alliance, but like a coexistence. The way like a priest can be a shadow priest or a, uh, you know, a holy priest or even a disc priest. A disc or, priest. I mean, even if you both. look at the alliance right now, they've got the light forge and they've got void elves on the same side fighting together. Yeah, against the horde. Yeah. I mean, granted, it, and really against the Forsaken, because the Forsaken have kind of moved to the fore. So it's possible. I mean, I I don't know that that's where they're going. It's a pretty huge change if they actually redid the whole faction conflict like that. And suddenly, like, you know, um, I don't even know, like, what the, the the dead one's capitals would be. Like, I guess um, Undercity and the new burned Teldrassil would be the, the dead people's capitals. I don't know. I, it, it, there's a lot to it I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know how to speculate on. But at least thematically, that shift is there. That shift's in the narrative. We're seeing it. 8.1 has those elements. It's very much about those elements. Um, I don't feel like it's spoiled at this point to talk about the fact that Taronda has a, a major expanded role. And yeah. you're going to see Taronda against the Forsaken. You're going to see stuff happen. So there, There's a lot of things going on. And I'm actually, I'm really looking forward to 8.1 because I think 8.1 is going to kind of like dive into these themes even more as we move along here. I don't think that we're looking at any kind of a factional shift. I don't think that they would really want to shake up that, that dichotomy that they've got going on and that they've had going on since day one of the game launch back in 2004. I don't think that they want to shift that. But I do think that thematically there's a shift going on here. And I I, I don't know. I just find the whole thing kind of fascinating. I don't know how this one is going to end. I really don't. I don't know what they're going to do with Sylvanas. Um, I don't know if she's going to meet her end like Garrosh did eventually, or if we're going to look at something else happening to her that maybe facilitates a shift in who she is and what she represents. I, I, I don't know. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Anyway, uh, we should probably wrap things up, though, because yep. we should wrap things up. Uh, again, you guys, if you're interested in checking out Loot Gaming, uh, this month's theme is Welcome to the Nightmare. You can fight back against malevolent forces with gear from Soul Calibur 2, Silent Hill, Psychonauts, and Cuphead. However, this crate will sell out, and you have to order by this week to guarantee that you'll get yours because it's going to sell out here, okay? Uh, if you want to go ahead and subscribe and get yourself set up with these crazy crates... Uh, full of fun things, you can go ahead and go to lootcrate.com slash blizzardwatch and enter the code blizzardwatch to save an exclusive 30% off of your subscri subscription. Um, and that also helps support the show. So, you know, we appreciate it. 
Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast, guys. If you have an email for the podcast, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch so we know it's for the show. Um, and that is the show, everybody. Thank you guys very much for listening, and we'll be here next week. 